listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to the Taming Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia, and I'm joined by the lovely as always, Deb and Sue. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you both this evening? <laughs> good. Wondering what the gremlins are tonight, but good. <laughs> yes, we're having a few technical issues tonight. So, you know, hopefully we'll just make it through. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Last week, Deb couldn't join us to record, so Sue and I took the opportunity to attend a virtual book tour for Dr. Jen Gunter's new book, The Menopause Manifesto. Now, we're already big fans of Dr. Jen, and we fangirled a little bit last year. Well, <laughs> it was mostly Sue, actually, who was fangirling, <laughs> let's be honest. It was. Yes, and Sue and I had attended her book tour for the Vagina Bible in person. Okay, so obviously it wasn't last year because we were there. Yeah, it must have been the year before. I've wow. lost all concept of time and space. Anyway, Sue, what did you think of her talk last week? I have to say, it's one of those things. Whenever I listen to her or read anything by her, I immediately feel a little bit smarter because she's just got a way of putting information in a way that is very accessible and humorous and respectful of kind of where people might be at. And so... I really enjoyed it. I thought the other lady was a lot of fun as well. I can't remember her name, but um, it was it was full of energy and, and really kind of, you know, nice to kind of see that enthusiasm about talking about menopause. Yeah, I, I do think mm -hmm. it's her approach. You know, she talks like with you and not down to you, which, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of women really appreciate that when it comes to menopause, because there's so many things that we don't know and we need to know. Mm -hmm. So her mm -hmm. approach and the fact that she's going through it herself, I think, yeah. really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that really stood out to you at all during the talk? I think one of the things was it, it kind of caught me by surprise because I'm so used to talking about hot flashes when she started talking about them as being hot flushes because that's more accurate as to what it is because like the idea of a hot flash you know is it's very quick it's very sudden and it's all over and done with and it's not like that and that is something she goes into a, in a little bit more detail in the book. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to calling them hot flushes because that's the way it feels. It's like this huge flush of heat through the entire body. So, yeah. I, and I think it's mostly North America that calls them hot flashes, is it mm -hmm. not? I think so. I think so, too, um, because, I, you know, growing up, I'd heard them as flushes. And mm -hmm. then in North America, it was flashes. So that's what I started calling them. Mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah, I, I kind of like that as well. Yeah, because if you talked about hot flush, nobody has any clue what you're talking about. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a subtle change. You know, it's mm -hmm. only one letter change, but it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Deb, I know you haven't had a chance to look at her new book yet. No. But Sue, you've obviously picked it up. I have, unfortunately, because, and unusually for me, I have about four books on the go at the moment. And... 
Apparently, I can't manage that. I can only do it one at a time. <laughs> oh, I, I am the same way. I, yeah. I cannot multitask reading books. It doesn't yeah. work. No. It's, it's like I need to stick with one train of thought. Um, yeah, she's up next. Yes. Mm -hmm. I actually yeah. just received my copy, so I haven't had a chance to delve into it just yet. But I did kind of flip through it a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, that talk was really interesting. So I kind of you know, cherry picked a few little things in the book to kind of really understand what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking forward to sitting down this summer with my highlighter and really studying that book. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did look at the reviews for that book today because I thought, oh, okay, I better order it. Then I thought, well, I'll wait until I hear what you guys think first. Yeah. And I read the reviews and were very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she is very readable. And I think what I like about his with her books is you don't necessarily need to read it from cover to cover. You can kind of look at the index or, or whatever that bit's called at the beginning and um, just say, oh, no, I, I think I'm going to look at that today because that's what seems most applicable. Mm -hmm. And I do yes. find that really, really beneficial. Well, because it's a reference book, right? You know, so you can mm -hmm. keep going back to it over and over again. So, yeah. and I guess for those who don't know, I guess we should explain who Dr. Jen Gunter is because not everyone is on Twitter, Sue. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so some people may be wondering who the heck we're talking about. So I'm just going to read a little bit from the bio from a new book because it pretty much sums her up nicely. And it's obviously much better written than anything I can come up with. Dr. Jen Gunter is an internationally best-selling author. She's an obstetrician and gynecologist with more than three decades of experience as a vulva and vaginal disease expert. She was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's in Canada, for those of you thinking, where the hell is Winnipeg? <laughs> and she now practices in California. Her best-selling book, The Vagina Bible, which the three of us highly recommend, mm -hmm. has been translated into 19 languages, and The Guardian calls her the world's most famous and outspoken gynecologist. And there's a lot more, but let's just say, if you have a vagina, or you love someone with a vagina, then follow Dr. Jen on mm -hmm. Twitter, at Dr. Jen Gunter, or visit her website at drjengunter.com. Okay, so... Enough about what other people say. What do you like most about her, Sue? Like, wh when did you discover her, do you think? Because I, I can't remember. I think it was something to do with Goop, you know, most appropriately. You know, because she is so very good at dispelling the myths and cutting through all of the crap that things like Goop perpetuate. So I think that's kind of where... I kind of learned about her and I kind of started following her and then I found out like the vagina bible was coming out and it's like oh that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it must be oh, maybe about three years now that I've been following her and it's just I love how outspoken she is and how honest she is and it's like I'm just gonna say it I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna be truthful and if you don't like it these are the facts, so, you know, mm -hmm. it's up to you. Yeah, exactly. Deb, I think you had told me about her CBC series that she had online, right? Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what that's called now, but it just popped into my head. Yeah. 
I don't recall. Is that the Vagenda? I don't remember, Sue, what it's called. I don't think it's called that. But I do know um, if you're Canadian, you can get CBC Gem on your internet. And she's got a whole series of specials on there, which are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And now I'm remembering yeah, that I actually saw good. her on Netflix. She was on Dr. Timothy Caulfield's show. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. where I heard her mm -hmm. name first. And then when the publicity for the Vagina Bible came out, then I'm like, oh, now I know who she is. I kind of put two and two together. I was quite slow. But and I think she's doing exactly what we as women need her to do. Right. She's mm -hmm. giving us. And when I say us, I mean women in midlife, really, the information that we and countless women who will come after us the information that we should be given mm -hmm. because historically women are not given the information or the treatment they need for you know women's problems and I'm air quoting and eye rolling women's problems and for me personally I would have loved to have had this information years ago because yeah. I suffered from endometriosis and fibroids and when they discovered a large cyst on one of my ovaries and it became so bad that I was rushed in for an emergency hysterectomy. It happened really quickly. And when I came to, the surgeon said, you know, we've removed everything. Like they removed a lot because I had so much endometrial tissue. But he said, we did leave one ovary so you won't go into surgical menopause. But that's really all the information I got. And to be honest, I, I was totally ignorant about menopause at that time. I was in my early 40s, I think. My mother had a hysterectomy and a lot of the women in our family have also had it. So I just, it was almost like a rite of passage. It didn't really surprise me when I had to get it done, which is really sad. But I didn't have a clue what all of that meant because I'd mm -hmm. never thought about menopause and I had no idea what it really meant to have one ovary and what surgical menopause was. And per perhaps if I'd asked the right questions, I'd have been given the answers. But, you know, in all honesty, I really didn't know what questions to ask. So, you know, I think now that we're in 2021 and we've been given all this information in this new book and there's no BS, she's not selling anything. It's just facts written by a female gynecologist going through the same thing. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is really important. I mean, I have a stack of books on perimenopause and menopause because I was so desperate to, to understand what it was I was going through. And quite frankly, some of them are awful and should be ignored because they, yeah. <laughs> they really aren't that helpful. But there are some that are really, really good. And so I remember when she said that she was going to, to be writing this book or that she'd started writing it and just thinking, that is what we need. Yeah. Because, and, and I know it's, it's kind of different, like, because here in North America, we are years behind the UK in talking about menopause and perimenopause. We, we just are. And I don't know whether that's because, you know, typically we don't like to talk about aging or acknowledge that we're aging, but we need to do it. We, we can't go through life not knowing about this thing that we all go through. And, you know, the, the days of talking about menopause like that are long, long gone. Like it, it's one of the things like 
we are of this age, we are going through it. We are not going to suffer through it like previous generations have done because we know too much and we know we don't have to. Yeah, it, it is quite liberating, I find, to just talk about it openly and not it's it's not behind closed doors or it's not in the kitchen with all the women, you know, mm-hmm. chatting quietly. You know, now I'm just very open and I'll, I'll just come out and say it. And it's very liberating because mm-hmm. it's a normal thing to be happening. And the fact that we don't know what is happening to our bodies at this time is atrocious. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning I went on Facebook, which I tried to spend very little time on there. But someone had tagged me and I thought, oh, gosh, what's this now? But I had joined a group several years ago. And I think it was what women, it was all for women in midlife. I haven't checked it out for a long time, but the first story on there was a woman who had just hit menopause and hadn't got a clue. And she said her doctor had told her to stop eating carbs and if she's in pain to call her. And she said, my doctor was female and I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And there was over 100 comments on her story and the comments she was getting. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's getting all of this misinformation. Uh oh yes you shouldn't eat carbs oh you shouldn't eat this you should do this you should do this you should stand on your head at midnight you know all Uh of these really bizarre things so I just thought oh if there's anything I can do so I just went on there and I said you know I said there's a lot of misinformation out there this is a book that's just come out and I highly recommend it Uh and I said you should pick up this menopause manifesto and that's all I I put down there I don't know if she read that comment I don't know if Uh anybody else commented on it but I thought this is not uncommon Uh for women to ask a question and be given so much misinformation you know yeah and the fact that we don't all experience it the same way I think is is part of the problem Uh well this is it it is such a unique thing to go through and you know sort of education for our doctors around menopause is very 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 limited and so trying to get the help that you need when you don't know what it is that you need because you don't know what's happening to your body is really really difficult and I had a friend reach out to me recently because someone they love is going through it and they dread some of my posts about this that and the other and he's like I don't know it it, could it be and I'm like there's no reason why it couldn't be and I was able to kind of say look at this information this can be taken to your doctor and you know can guide the conversation that is had because sometimes that's what we need it's like I've got a checklist here And it says these are all signs of perimenopause. And I've got like 16 of them. Could I possibly be in perimenopause? Yes, absolutely you could. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it boils down to that one thing we keep saying that, you know, we don't know what we don't know a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And and that's the problem, especially with perimenopause. As as we've talked about many, many times, we've got so many symptoms Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, we never dreamed would be related to perimenopause. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing I do remember uh, when I was flipping through a book, and Deb, you might find this interesting, when you go into menopause, you know how we used to be told, well, if your mother went through it at this age, this is when you're supposed to go through it. Uh You're Mm -hmm. actually more inclined to be at the same age as your sister, not your mother. 
Monica. My sister's oh, going to love nice? that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought that was very interesting because I'd never heard of that before. Ah. Well, it's funny, actually, because my mum was telling me something and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, sort of this, that and the other. And I was like, hmm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, it could be the start of perimenopause. And she's like, I'm not telling you that. You can do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, because in your early oh. 40s, it's the last thing you're thinking. Yes. That's where a lot of us were. And that's, you know, I think, what's the average age? 44 and a half or something. Yeah. I just say if you're in your 40s and you have these symptoms, yeah, perimenopause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the thing is, there are people that go through menopause like at other ages, just because yes. of things that, you know, they're, they're experiencing and, you know, sort of, yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of people, you know, significantly younger than we are that have gone through it. And, uh, you know, I really feel for them because, I mean, it's hard enough getting the information at this age when it's kind of expected. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. One thing when you were talking about hot flushes, what st stood out to me is, you know, remember when we started this pandemic, like many, many years ago now, and temperatures were taken to enter many premises and of yes. course they still are. Yes. I did hear that menopausal women were really concerned because they were having these hot flushes. I was very concerned. <laughs> right. And yes. you would think that it would elevate your temperature. Uh-huh. And then you'd be denied entry and you'd be uh -huh. so humiliated. But in the book, it explains actually what happens during the flush. And our internal temperature actually doesn't elevate. I won't go through all the scientific thing because it's there's a lot. Uh -huh. But I found that quite fascinating. Well, and it's so hard to believe because, yes. like, I know, like, she was even talking about it last week. It's kind of surface temperature. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, every single bit of you is on fire. And it's like, how can this not be, like, a massive fever, even if it is, like, for five, ten minutes or whatever? Yeah. It's just your brain telling you that you're on fire and you're not. It's Jesus. so fascinating, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. So then, of course, your, your skin reacts, so you start sweating it out. And then because your body temperature hasn't changed, and then your brain goes, oh, wait a minute, now I'm cold. Uh -huh. So then you yeah. start shivering, right? Because you're so <laughs> cold. God, what a joke this menopause is, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's just as well we know things about it and we can laugh about it, because otherwise it, it, it sucks. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I thought that really stood out to me because I remember thinking, oh, my God, like and even now, you know, I I was at the airport and they take your temperature. And when we were going to the hospital, they take your temperature every uh -huh. time. And I always thought to myself, I wonder if it would change. And it never <laughs> did. But then when flipped through the book and came to that and I thought, ah, there you go. See, and it's little things like that where it's just like, oh, OK, that, that actually makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Well, can you imagine the anxiety of some women, you know, that are going through this and they have to get their temperature taken? I can imagine that being anxiety inducing, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's enough about the old menopause. <laughs> <laughs> so, girls, did you know that this is our 75th episode? No. Holy moly. <laughs> Who knew we could talk so much? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I knew you guys could. I don't know what you're saying, Deb. 
<laughs> happy 75th anniversary to us then yeah yes quite an achievement i think mm. yeah wow and it's also our last episode of the season and it's been a hell of a year really hasn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> deb was slow on that one she was probably like oh <laughs> yes it was it, it's uh, yeah yeah it's I know it's been a really long year and at the same time it's gone really quickly so it's been rather strange mm-hmm. so I guess before we break for summer do you want to share what lessons you've learned this year or this past season there's so much I think <laughs> yeah yeah I think because we kind of research things before we start talking we have those little learnings and every time we learn a little bit more about each other and you know about mm-hmm. what's going on for for us and experiences we've had yeah so just that really every week we learn something new sometimes it's a big learning something new and sometimes it's teeny weeny little tiny thing that's right there's been a lot of lessons i think particularly this year you know i think i've learned much more than expected which has kind of led me to a lot of changes and the biggest lesson that I've learned is one that we've always been told but rarely live and that is to live every day as as, as if it's your last or live each day as fully as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know this often comes to us in midlife and for us it came when my husband was unexpectedly diagnosed with cancer last fall and I talked about that in our episode on COVID-19 and cancer a while ago But there's nothing like the word cancer to make you stand up and pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was something that hit us hard and made us live each day as it comes. Um, You know, one day at a time was really our motto and still is to some degree. Anyway, we are now extremely mindful of how fragile life really is. And it led us to selling our home in the city and moving full-time to our home at the lake. So that was a major change for us over this past few months, I guess. And my husband just had his post-cancer treatment PET scan. And although we don't know the results yet, we're very optimistic. And I think what it is, is that we'll continue to live our lives as fully as possible. And I always thought I was doing that, but really I wasn't. You know, you're always waiting for a time that's better or, you know, I'll do that next year or the following year or whatever it is. So we've changed that now and we're kind of doing the things we love to do. And as soon as this damn pandemic is over, or at least when we're able to travel freely, we'll be traveling again because that's something we really love to do. And I will say that when you live as if you value your time on earth, it does feel lighter. And that's kind of unexpected, I think. At least that's what I've discovered. I mean, not every day is a good one. I can moan with the rest of them, you know, but I do know it's just one day. So that's my biggest lesson. Although there are many others, that's the one that really stands out to me and has the biggest impact. Deb, do you have any particular thing that has stood out to you this year? I think I've learned to appreciate my husband (laughs) more than ever. You know, I sure he's a great guy, you know, and I've always thought that. But, you know, as things go on and things happen in your family and you get your ups and downs, like he is just the center. And even though, you know, he is not my kid's biological dad or or anything like that, he has just stepped up and I, I can't say enough about him. 
he's like the rock of our our little family you know and after having that mental illness crisis we've had lately he has just gone above and beyond and it's just I appreciate him but I just really 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 appreciate him through this whole year and I think with his work you know he's got a lot of um, things to bring into the family and a lot of knowledge but he puts everybody first and it's really made me understand that this year with the th- all the things that have gone on you know well and I think it's when the you know through the bad times you really learn the most isn't it you know it, it is. is true yeah you, you really do learn a lot when things are not so good I guess yeah yeah and he you know he deals with his own elderly parents in two different senior centers and and just he's just gives 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 and I've really really noticed that I guess is what I'm saying yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's giving you time to appreciate even just yeah. the little things, right? That yeah. you normally might not have noticed before. Yeah. You better not be listening to this episode because his head will be growing. <gasps> God, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> then Definitely. there's no living with him after no. that. No, I, can't, I yeah. can't tell him anything like that. Sue, do you want to add anything at all? For me, it's kind of been realizing how much change has has happened and also how much change I have coming in my life like tonight for the first time in absolutely months both of my kids are out socially distancing with their friends and it feels Mm. really weird Mm. and you know it's something that we we've talked about in the past you know sort of kids leaving the nest and and moving on and I think it's time for me to kind of settle into how that's going to look because during the pandemic everyone's been very very close and kind of on top of each other and you know there have been times when it's been a bit much and now to suddenly have them not here (laughs) yeah it's like where are they what are they doing and kind of renegotiating those boundaries especially with my 18 year old who you know he's an adult now Mm -hmm. and kind of how do we navigate that so it's uh you know i think we've had lots of of great conversations throughout the year sort of in like with you know like said with that episode where we talked about leaving the nest can't even remember was that this year or last year i think it was this year yeah see Um, time and space yeah yeah it's it's funny like i i have literally no idea where we're at in terms of the year or the decade, or probably even the millennia at this stage. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's... it's all gone a bit wonky. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, we are starting to open everything up now this summer. It's going to be a strange transition, I guess. But, you know, we'll, we'll get through it because, mm-hmm. you know. We're resilient. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Deb, yeah. we are resilient. And we remember the before days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember when, girl. <laughs> Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness. Yes. So have a wonderful summer. Live each day to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, your good days outnumber your bad ones. And stay safe. Stay sane. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Happy summer. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Happy summer. Hot weather and margaritas, girls. Yes, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. If 
Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Tame and Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.